Welcome to week 96, all the balls. Jake Platter, I gotta talk soft, it's an echo in here. There's a big echo. Jake Platter, Justin Miller. We're at Teamworks in Canton, if you couldn't read the sign behind us, but yeah. They're, they're a sponsor of all the balls. Yeah, I know, they're a big time sponsor these days, but NBA draft special was last week, so I said to Jake, you know what, let's see if you got all 30 right. I did. How many did you get right? Two and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, actually two and a half right. So we both got number two, right? Correct. Shet went to OKC, and then what were the other two and a half or one and a half you got right? I got number five correct, Jaden Ivey to the Pistons. Good pick by them. Yeah, Phenomenal I, I knew that would them. happen. And then I say I got a half right because I had Mark Williams going 15th. I'm sorry, I had Mark Williams going 13th to, to Charlotte, and instead Charlotte also had the 15th pick, and they drafted him there. So I got the right team, two picks later, wrong pick. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not your fault, Dad. Two picks and like basically the same order, 13 and 15. Fault. So yeah, I got Shet right at two. That was, I mean, thought that was pretty easy to get because most people had that. And then I got the 10th pick right. Johnny Davis went to the Washington Wizards to become their, might be their starting point guard to start the season, honestly. And then I got pick 15 right, Mark Williams to Charlotte. Remember I said, might as well get him at 15 because. So you win. Yeah, so I won. And then the second round, I did the second round. I got none right in the second round. I mean, it's hard as hell to do that anyways. I mean, how do you know? A thing I did write down, some guys that I were surprised that didn't get drafted. No Justin Lewis, which people apparently said he was the best prospect that didn't get drafted. Brady Manic. No Manic, no Gillespie, which isn't that much Travion of a surprise. didn't get drafted. No Travion. But we signed him. No Ron Harper Jr., no Robinson Earl. No J.D. Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah, Scotty Pippen Jr. I think a lot of these guys got J. signed. J.D. Note. J.D. Note. Those are like some of the main guys. And then David McCormick didn't get drafted. Wow. Thought he might after that championship. Kofi Coburn didn't get drafted. I don't even think he signed with the team either. He sucks. They'll end up signing with the teams and like the G- they'll be in the G League or something like that. But And Orlando Robinson, a guy like from Fresno State, didn't get drafted either. So you know what? I mean, there was only 58 picks this year instead of 60. But I mean, That's not fair. Too bad for Milwaukee and Miami. But overall, I didn't get to see it that much. I mean, I saw the beginning of the draft because I was in Cleveland. I was checking on my phone here and there who was getting picked. But, Jake, any, any main takeaways overall from the whole draft, I should say? Yeah, there's a couple for me. A couple guys falling a little further than I thought they would. The first is Wendell Moore. Um, I think Justin and I both had him as like a fringe lottery, like maybe a little later type pick. But he went all the way back to 26. He was almost a second-round pick. I was pretty surprised. I think that that's a good pick at the value at 26. And then I was surprised Kennedy Chandler went all the way to 38. You know, he's a bit of an undersized guard. What did I have? But, I mean, I thought he'd be a first-round 24. Pick. He's very talented. Yeah. So, you know, those two surprised me. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it was a deep draft, to be honest with you. Not a point guard. And, yeah, the point guard, I think there was only, what, two point guards selected in the first round? I mean, we had Johnny Davis, and then we had... The kid Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, his stock just kept on rising, and he ended up being a lottery pick for playing a lot of 12. But overall, my takeaways from this draft were definitely a little surprised that Jabari Smith wasn't the first pick. I thought he was going to be the first guy taken. I mean, Paolo's got so much hype. Yeah, Paolo's a guy that can be a number one pick in basically any draft. But if you look at the guys that won in the top five, I think it's very, even top six, you can say, with Benedict Matherin, I think it's an extremely strong, especially top of the draft. I'd be a very surprised if any of these top six or seven guys were major busts this season. Other seasons, I could say, oh, maybe they're not going to pan out. But I think Jabari, Shet, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, I think those guys are all going to be very good NBA players. Yeah. And the thing to me is Keegan Murray's in a very good spot where he got drafted. 
in Sacramento, even though they have they never <laughs> know what they're doing. That's an oxymoron right there. Yeah. And Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham, I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. That I'm very excited about. I think they're probably a perfectly fitting duo. And then overall, I mean, Paolo, Chet will fit in OKC. A couple of under-the-radar guys that I was talking about before. You know what, before I get to that, what do you, what do you think about what the Celtics did with their pick? I mean, Celtics only had one pick, for crying out loud. Yeah, and uh, J.D. Davidson is uh, a fine pick, I guess. I mean, when you're picking all the way at 53, it's, you know, either a guy you're stashing or a guy you're, you're hoping as a high ceiling, I guess. I mean, you're not going to get some superstar there, most likely. So, I like the pick. I mean, he was a very highly uh, regarded high school player. Fell off a little bit in college, but he's extremely athletic, bit of a raw talent. I mean, if You're not going to miss him. No. but if Zafra. It, you're right. Um, but if the Celtics, you know, give him the, the TLC that he needs... Um, I think he could turn into a good player. He's got the potential. Personally, I felt that, you know, Celtics aside, I thought the kid should have stayed another year. Um, yeah, he only played think, one season. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're a freshman and, you know, you don't have the best year and they tell you you're going to get drafted, sometimes you just go. But with how highly he was rated coming out of high school, I imagine if he had put together a solid sophomore year, he could have moved up maybe in, even into the first round. Yeah, and I mean, last year Alabama had a pretty good team. Javon Quinterly was their point guard. He was playing in front of him for the majority of the season. So this guy didn't get to see as many minutes as he liked. Mm-hmm. I think he's a raw talent. He, he could be a boomer bust kind of guy to me. Sure. But it's a position that if you think about it, I think the Celtics kind of need a little bit. I mean, they have Pritchard. He reminds me of like James Young. Yeah, that would not be good if he turned out to be like that. But no, I think this guy is going to be a decent NBA player. But I see him being pretty much in Maine for the majority of the season. Okay. Unless something happens to, like, Pritchard or hopefully not Smart, something like that. This is a guy that they'll probably develop a little bit, and they'll hope— I mean, what, he's a 53rd pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not, it's not really going to be a bust if he, if he doesn't hit. But I think it's a guy with sky-high potential. I don't mind sky the pick. sky potential. Yeah. It, I was telling my dad we were actually watching in Cleveland when the Celtics were picking. I was hoping they were going to draft Johnny Juzang at that spot just because of his shooting ability and his defense, but— he didn't even get drafted either in the first or second round. So you know what? Well, not a bad pick by Stevens. Yeah, not not a bad pick. I, I'm actually more excited by the free agent signing that we made after the draft, getting uh, Travion Williams from Purdue. I mean, this guy was a top five big in the game. Yeah, he was. What's up? Yeah, we're doing a sports show. If you hear us talking about sports, you guys are doing a sports show. I got a sports podcast that we're doing right now. No, you can be a special guest. How you doing? That's Jay. I don't think so. Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> yes. Not, oh, you don't have an iPhone? No, it's a new one. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's the same one. Oh, the small cord? Yeah. That one? I think that one works. It does. Perfect. All right. Um, yeah, so I mean, Travion Williams is a guy that he's, he's like a top five big in the game in, in college. I mean, this I'm I'm very excited to have him. I feel like I feel like this is like Taco 2.0. Like I, I want this guy on my team. And was we he six ten? I wanted him on the team. We got him. I'm excited. I think he's got a decent jump shot. He's got a solid handle. He can play in the post. He's got a big NBA style body. I mean, he's like 20 years old, but he looks like he's 50. Um, I, I, I love it. I want the guy. I didn't even, did I have him get drafted? Yeah, I did. I had him going 51 to Golden State. And this is a guy that's definitely not a first-round pick either. But you saw him in college, and every time you turn on the TV, Fantastic. Purdue's on because they're a top-five team in the nation. What other bench player in college basketball gets picked up by an NBA team? 
Yeah, I mean, Zach Eady was playing in front of him, but still, Trivial Williams was technically playing more minutes. I don't care. This is a guy that I think he could actually make the Celtics roster. Maybe. Maybe I mean, like the 14. He's, he's NBA ready, so I could see it. We'll see what he does in Maine. I mean, it's a different core. Someone, I saw someone today compared him to Draymond Green. I don't think he has a pass. His passing's not bad. He's, off, he's an offensive player. Draymond, Draymond's a defensive guy. Yeah, I mean, he has good passing and defense, but we'll see how that translates at the next level. So, you know what? I'm trying to think who I, who I see him as. Travion? Mm-hmm. He gave me cheeses, by the way, so. I mean, he's like an, 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 a completely unathletic Blake Griffin. Like, yeah. he's got the passing. He's got the chops. He's like Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, no, that'd be, a, that'd be a great undrafted pickup if it was like Joe Kim Noah. But yeah, so that's my thoughts. I mean, I'm more excited about Travion Williams, too, just because the whole Purdue thing. We saw him. I gave him some Cheez-Its, and we saw him play he in person, too. He gave me Cheez-Its. I almost gave him back. No. So, yeah, that's what the Celtics did. And then uh, I said to Jake, I don't know if you wrote them down, but your three favorite picks of the draft, your three least of favorite picks of the draft. Of course I wrote them down. You tell me to do something, I do it. It was tough for me to decide the least favorite ones, to be honest with you. No, I got three good ones. You want to start with the bad ones? Yeah. All right, let's start with the bad ones. So the first one, I don't, I don't despise this player in any way. I just think he was a reach where he was drafted. Um, the Nuggets at 21 taking Christian Brown. Um, All right, so we might as well get that one over with. That's my number one. He's not a bad player. It's just he's not the 21st pick in the draft. I th- I, to me, his ceiling is exactly how he currently plays. Um, he's not going to get much better as a player. He might be a better shooter. He's a fine shooter. Duncan Robinson? No. He's not Duncan Robinson. Like, it, I, if I'm getting a first-round guy in the early 20s, I want a guy that I think can, can you know, have a chance. I mean, I just don't think that this guy has NBA written on his, on his body. He's a Will Barton replacement, I guess, now. You're looking at that one. Yeah, but no, they traded for somebody else. They got somebody back. Yeah, they got Contavious Cabo. Yeah, they got KCP. Um, Christian Brown is just not who I like at 21 there. Now, this, now the next pick I have... It's a whole championship thing, by the way, too. I mean... He, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, so that's number one think, for me. Okay, so now let's move on to another Christian. Um, at 33, I don't like the Raptors taking Christian Coloco. Um, it, again, nothing against the player in particular. Um, I think he was a fine big man in college. Good defensive big. But to me... The Raptors did not need a center. Like I feel like yeah, this, they get too mad. I feel like this guy is just going to get buried on the roster and not really have a chance to play. So that's that's why I don't like that pick. Um, and my third one, you know, Justin actually is going against what I got to say here. But I don't like the Pacers taking Matherin at six. Um, I just don't think that he was that exciting of a of a college athlete um, to be the sixth pick in the draft. You going against the Arizona guys? I am. Um, and. I don't know. I just I wonder where the Pacers are going in terms of being a franchise, and that's a tough spot. I, just I don't know. Don't, who you there. I just don't think Matherin is like the guy they needed to fill that spot. And I mean, I get at six, it's tough because all the other guys that were you know studs supposedly are are gone. Um, but Indiana's in a bad spot. I didn't love the pick. I just didn't love the pick. The comparison when I was I watched like that was like the last pick I actually saw happen. Their NBA comparison when he got drafted, they said it was Karis Levert. I'm not drafting Lavert at six. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I they feel had like, Lavert also, and they traded him. That's kind of a tough situation if you're Indiana, to be honest with you. So yeah, Christian Brown was number one for me, and then let's go towards the back end of the draft. I had if I can find the sheet here. Oh, we're in week ninety six, ninety five. Um, number thirty, the thirtieth pick of the draft, the 
Denver Nuggets selected Peyton Watson. Trade. So you have two Denver Nuggets. But they, tra- they, trade the pick. they trade the pick to OKC. So Peyton Watson went 30 to OKC, but this is not a first-round talent, I'm sorry to tell you. That's why he went to the Thunder. This is a guy that should have got drafted in the second round, if anything. Ha- Jaime Hake should have been ahead of him, even though he's coming back to school. Johnny Juzang should have got drafted. Tiger Campbell next year. These are guys that were all on the same team at UCLA. And Peyton Watson's a guy that barely played 15, 19 minutes a game. Should have came back to school. Came out way too early. I think he has way, way, way too much time still to develop, and he's not going to really develop and be a good player. And the last pick for me that I don't love, even though I think he's going to be a good NBA player, pick 49. Isaiah Mobley going to Cleveland at 49. You don't like that? Hey, I like the brotherly love, but I think it's a situation in Cleveland where they have too many bigs. (laughs) No such thing in Cleveland. Yeah. They'll They'll play Mobley at shooting guard. I mean, you could play Mobley, Mobley, and... Jared Allen and Kevin and Larry Nance and then you still get Nance and Love and Marketing. you have way too many bigs there I think they did it because it's his brother I'm sure they wanted them to play together but over yeah I think Isaiah Mobley's probably gonna be a fine player not like his brother obviously but I just don't think it's a great spot for Cleveland if I'm the Celtics there I would have I I gotten Isaiah Mobley I disagree with you I don't it, you know in the second round I'm not so concerned with the roster um, if you get a guy with talent you get a guy with talent and I think Mobley is actually potentially an NBA player. Not everyone in the second round, especially 49 and up, they had a good draft. is, is going to be an NBA player. And I think this guy actually is. So I, I like the pick. And they also got Ochi Abaji, who I do like that. That's a great Cleveland. pick. What do, you, what do you think of my comments on Coloco? Yeah, I mean, it's a situation where they have too many bigs, too. I mean, and I don't think he's a guy that's going to even play right away to begin with. He'll probably start in the G League. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if he's going to be that great of a player when it's all said and done anyways. Sure. So that's, that's our NBA draft thoughts. Those are only the dislikes. For the dislikes. And for the likes, I have three more. Starting at number three, Jabari Smith. I thought he was going to go one. He goes three. I mean, if you're Houston, I love the pick because I think he's going to be the, end up being the best player from this draft. And you get him at three instead of one or two. Take it, leave it. I love it. I didn't have that on my list. Obviously, he's a fine pick, and it was an obvious choice for Houston, so I like it. Um, my number one, to me, another one that seemed almost obvious, but just you know, a great you know pairing of, of players here is Jaden Ivey uh, going five to the Pistons. Um, yeah, he could have gone one in a couple of drafts, probably. I really think he could have gone one potentially. I don't like in this draft if they came out of nowhere and took Jaden Ivey with the first pick. You'd be, like, surprised, but it wouldn't be like, oh, they totally wasted that pick. This guy's going to be an incredible player. Um, and I think him and Cunningham next to each other is spectacular. Um, they can both play both guard positions. They can both guard yeah. both guard positions. Ivy is extremely athletic. I mean, people see him as, like, a John Morant, like, Russell Westbrook-type player. And those guys dominate the game. So I love that pick at five for the Pistons. It was a homecoming. There was literally yeah. nothing wrong with this He's pick trying. for me. Yeah, so those are number one. Then my second pick I like, if you remember last week, I thought this guy would be the steal of the draft. I think I had him going pretty close to where he went. I had him going 22 to Memphis. He ended up going 25 to San Antonio. And Blake Wesley, to me, from Notre Dame, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. And this is obviously before the DeJounte Murray news that we heard today. But Wes is a guy that can come in and fill the DeJounte Murray role. That's Not like DeJounte Murray, but similar positions – Similar talent. Guy could be a triple-double threat as his career goes on. He's only 21 years old. I think Blake Wesley, to me, 
could have been part of the reason why they did this deal. Obviously, you get a ton of draft picks in return. We'll talk about that deal in a minute. But Blake Wesley, to me, is going to be a fine NBA player so you think they're in a gonna, good spot. you think they're going to build around him? I think Blake West is a guy that you can end up building around. I mean, right now, the team has basically nothing. I mean, they got some good shooters. Well, they took um, Duran also, didn't they? Yeah, so, I mean, and they had, I think, one or two picks in the second round. I don't remember who they got, but Wesley, to me, I loved him last week, and I still love him this week. Sure. So, uh, you know who I'm going to talk about next. This team absolutely needed a, a center, and they went out and got one. Mark Williams? Mark Williams going to the Hornets is, yeah, is perfect a perfect pick. pick. It's a perfect pick. Him and Lame- LaMelo and Mark Williams doing logs. It was so, uh, it's such an obvious pick. I think this guy has the potential to be like... The best center in the draft? Maybe. I mean, if Chet wasn't a center, I would say that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but yes, he's, he's going to be a very good NBA player. I, I think he has everything that it takes to be an NBA player right now. Um, and his game's only going to get better. So I love the pick by the Hornets. They need a center. Yeah, they got one. you got to get that with them. And then um, the third one for me was a guy by the name of EJ Liddell at 41. I don't think he's a good To idea. New Orleans. I don't think he's going to be a great player. But to me, if you can get a guy that I think probably is going to end up being a top 15, 20-ish player from this draft, and you get him at 41, I think it's a great pick for the Pelicans to make. A pick that people aren't going to be shaking their heads too much because you're getting him at 41. And this is a guy in college that was obviously a star player at Ohio State. I mean, I don't know if his game's going to transition, but you can't pass on him to me if, if at 41. I think you can. I don't. I mean, I get it. The 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 accolades in college were great. He had some good years, but I think of like a like a James Butler. Um, James Butler. What's no? What's his name? On Baylor. Oh, um, Jared Butler? Jared Butler, sorry. <laughs> I think of, like, a Jared Butler or, like, an Admiral Schofield. Terrible. Like, those kinds of guys that had very good college careers, um, even, a, even a championship for Butler. And they come up to the league, and, and their games just don't elevate. They're, that's what I see for Liddell. He, he at, he's at his peak. Um, potentially, you know, at his peak. And I don't think where he currently is... He's a contributor to an NBA team. So I don't love that pick. But I do love a few picks earlier. Um, Kennedy, Ch- like I said earlier, Kennedy Chandler yeah. going 38th to Memphis now after a trade. Could be the best um, point guard from the class. It's possible. I mean, he's going to have some time to develop, and he's going to be developing behind a great point guard in John Morant. So I like the pick a lot. Um, I think that the second unit is, is bolstered heavily by having a guy like that on the roster. Yeah, Somebody very can good. Protect the ball with your second unit. So that was that was all three for you, right? Mm-hmm. And then real quickly, something I just realized: I think the San Antonio Spurs actually had a phenomenal draft. They always do. I mean, they got they got the Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Yep. Tons of potential. Yep. Then we just talked about they got um, who was the other guy that we just said? Oh, that we got um Blake Wesley, mm-hmm. another great player. Then at, at nine, I like Jeremy Sokin that they got as well. Oh, Sokin, I'm sorry. Sokin from Baylor. I think he has tons of potential. So he's a, he's a spur. Actually, I said he had Kawhi Leonard potential. Yeah, and there he goes to San Antonio. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's the draft news. The other real quick news we'll talk about, there were three trades, I'd say two, three be- decent trades that happened. First, Portland acquired Jeremy Grant. Any feelings on this for Portland? I mean, yes. Can helps I, them. you got to help them a little bit. Can I, can I say my feelings? Yeah, this was like right after the draft. I really don't think this helps them at all. I think they just did this trade to try and please Damian Lillard to make him stay. Yeah, I mean, because at this something. point, at this point, Lillard has to be like every move they make. He's like, how does that help me? Like, you're who they you're, draft. You're trying to keep me. How does that help me? 
Um, so Shaden Sharp, I think. Yeah, so I think they traded for for Grant just to say, hey, Lillard, look, we got you a guy that's like a potential, you know, all star. I guess, but no, he's not that good. But like, you know, hey, we got a guy that can help you on the offensive end. He can put up fifteen. He can put up twenty. Like, yeah, it will. It will. Be, he's not going anywhere right now. I don't. At least in this offseason. Okay. I'm not a huge Jeremy Grant fan, especially because it seems like he never stay healthy. But I, I mean, he's yeah, a fine player. You can keep Lillard happy with this move. It's a fine move for them. They for didn't about give, ten minutes. They didn't even give up a shit ton either by doing they this. They traded a future first round pick. Yeah. The Celtics should have done that. Celtics could have done it probably. But hey, maybe he probably want to play with Damian Lillard. I don't blame him. Even though I don't care what he wants. He's on a contract. Another thing that happened that doesn't really matter too much. The, I mean, the Clippers signed John Wall. Imagine if he's healthy. I mean, let me let me ask you. Does he have anything left? I doubt it. But if he does, it's a perfect situation. I mean, sure. Reggie Jackson. No, guard. he'll back up Reggie. He'll play about twenty minutes a game. He got Kawhi and Paul George. That's healthy. it. I mean, you you hope he does good for twenty minutes a game. They got they have Reggie. They have Terrence Mann. Um, Wall can can contribute a little. I'm sure if he's got the the quick step he used to, yeah. he'll he'll be able to do well in the court. He's a fine player. Yeah, and they just extended Zubac. They have a, I, I wish John Wall nothing but the best. I've always sure. been a John Wall fan. I hated him when he was trying to beat us. Yeah, literally. Washington earlier today acquired Monte Morris and Will Barden mm-hmm. in exchange for Contavious Cabo Pope and uh, who was the other guy? Ish Smith. Yeah. If Ish Smith plays, it will be his 13th NBA team beating the record of all time. Why would he play? They said they could just buy him out or something. But if he plays, he's probably going to... He'll probably play. If he plays... I think he's a good point guard. Oh, yeah. He always kills the Celtics. He's a scorer. And I'm hearing Washington did this more. I mean, not Washington. The other side. Denver Denver did this more to free up some cap space for the offseason. No, I I heard they were heavily invested in getting uh, Caldwell Pope. They they liked him Help Jokic? I heard they liked him since about last year. They thought he fit... Jake Aronson. What's up, Jake? What's up, Jake? Who do you guys think the Celtics will acquire, if anyone? We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, um, but in terms of uh, Barton and KCP, I, I heard Denver was into KCP for about a year um, and, and really thought that he'd fit well with um, Jokic on the wings as a shooter. Um, and, I, I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, I think the Wizards probably won this trade. Um, Mor- yeah, for right now. Morris is significantly younger than Ish Smith, and I think they're about equal in terms of play. And I think Will Barton's a more versatile player. Like, KCP's a shooter, but Will Barton can shoot the ball. He can run an offense, and he can defend wings. Like, I, I think he's a good player. I'd love to have Will Barton on the Celtics. Yeah, like, him. he's a good player. He can, and he stays healthy, too. He's a guy that can play basically every game if you want him to in the season. And he's a guy with, with Bradley Beal still there. I mean, I think it's going to help them a lot, especially <laughs> spreading the floor up. He'll be there for now. He's really going to help them a lot. Um, real quickly, before we get to Jake's question, Utah hired Will Hardy, which actually, he was a Celtics top assistant this season. He goes back to the Greg Popovich tree, and for Utah to make this move, it was kind of interesting. Danny Ainge takes someone from the Celtics. Yeah, whatever. Will Hardy, I think that's a very smart move. If you don't remember, I said Utah should go young, even though Quinn Snyder wasn't too old, and they went really young. This is now the youngest coach in the NBA. Wow. And, I mean, Danny Ainge obviously has a little connection with Will Hardy from going to the Celtics games and all that, but I think it's a fine move, and it's a big loss for Boston. Good assistant coach. Sure. That Tatum and Grant Williams and all of them liked a lot. Um, what's the last thing? Murray. Last trade today, the DeJounte Murray news. Yeah, it, ju- it just happened earlier today. DeJounte Murray traded from the Spurs to the Hawks in exchange for Danilo Gallinari, three first-round picks, and a pick swap. Now, Jesus. That's a lot of picks. Um, 
And, you know, I, I was hoping the Celtics would, would sway some way to get Jontae Murray because he would have been incredible. Um, but I am... Nice I, to see you, Jake. I, I think both... We'll see you at the grad party. I mean, the grad party. The, the graduation. You mean, you mean the reunion? What, the five or six? It's six, six years. Reunion. It's six years. Unbelievable. Um, I think it's, a, it's an interesting trade for both sides. I mean, the Spurs are giving up easily their best player, probably the best player they've had in their team since their, their era. Um... I mean, DeRozan's questionable, but this guy is incredible. He's a very young player. He can, he's big. He can. He's like talk about a triple double threat. The guy rebounds. Yeah, he gets he's only twenty five. He's clutch. He can score. Um, I like him as a player a lot. I think he's very good. Um, the Spurs got a haul for him. I almost more than I think he's worth. Uh, I don't know if Gallinari's going to play for them or if he, if they're planning a buyout be a because buyout. the Spurs probably are in a full rebuild at this point if they're trading away their star player. Um, but three first-round picks and a pick swap from a team that isn't or hasn't been that successful um, I think is a fantastic move. Clearly, as we just said, the Spurs know how to draft, and they just added three more picks to their arsenal so that they can get the next Jante Murray. Now, talking about what Atlanta gets here, Jante Murray, this guy is an incredible player, right? I don't see the fit. I really do not They're think... They're both point guards, realistically. I, I, I don't think that Trey Young and Jante Murray can play next to each other. I mean, of course they can. They're both talented guards and... Trey Young is going to play a lot of off-ball. And whatever. But what they're doing is they're limiting the potential of each player here. Both need the ball in their hands up, consistently. Um, Trey Young is excellent off pick and rolls. He gets open, he takes a three-pointer. Jante Murray's not a three-point shooter, so he's not going to play the wing. Trey Young is going to play a lot of off-ball. Is he? He's going to have to. Do you not think that limits him as a player? Like, Jante Murray joining the team is fantastic, but if you're just taking away from what your current star player can do, then I don't think you made the right trade. I think Trey Young wanted this to happen. Him specifically? Yeah, he's always wanted to play with Dejounte Murray. He said it two, two or three years ago, and I saw an article today. He was he was extremely excited when he saw this happen, and I think it does. It's going to make Trey Young play a lot of shooting guard. I don't think. Well, he's too small to defend a shooting guard. He is. Either way, he's screwed on defense. Yeah, I I just don't think the fit is there. And you can't give up. I mean, they gave up three picks. They traded pick their entire from. future away for. A guy who's never been an all-star. And to me, the East like, is too loaded to get Let's put it that out. way. They, put, they traded their entire future away for a guy who's never been an all-star. How about that? I, I don't like the move, really. I really don't like the move from an Atlanta standpoint. I think they're going to be a playoff team, obviously, because they have Murray and Trey Young. But this is a team, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out in the first round. Maybe they're a playoff team. The Celtics are better. The Heat are better. Yeah, it's a deep it's The a Bucks deep are better. East. The Sixers are better. The Nets are better. Don't forget about Miami. I already said that. Um, what did Jake say? So it's been Let's a while. Let's answer this question. Who are the Celtics going to get? If anyone, I mean, I don't see them spending a ton of money just because it's a team that just got to the finals. They got the TP. They can they can bring in a seventeen million dollar contract in exchange for nothing. So who are they going to get? If I had a guess, like one player, I think. Mm-hmm. If I think it would be some kind of small forward if they do get someone. Mm-hmm. If I had a throws, if there's been a lot of name throwing going around out there. The word on the street is the Celtics are looking for Jay Crowder. The word on the street Wouldn't be surprised. is the Celtics are looking for a wing player, some, some kind of a forward, that can play small ball big. Now, that's, there isn't a super long list. I mean, they actually put Danilo Gallinari as a potential player. And if he's bought out, I think we could sign him to that TPE, that $7 million. Now, that would be lovely if we got him in addition to somebody else. My answer to this is Kevin Herter, by the way. 
so, so Justin says Kevin Herter. I, I think that, that rumor flew around. I don't think he's the – I mean he'd fit, but I don't think he's exactly what we're looking for here. Um, I'm going to go with Harrison Barnes. Really? I think the Celtics get Harrison Barnes. I heard TJ Warren was uh, – I mean he's kind of like a younger version of Harrison Barnes. Yeah, they're talking about Jay Crowder. I, I really think that a team that doesn't want to pay Harrison Barnes' his contract could say – We'll give you Harrison Barnes and our second round pick in exchange for two second yeah. round picks. I mean, it could be it could be something so simple that we're not moving anything of value to get a guy like Harrison Barnes who can come in, play a little defense, score 10, 12 a game, consistently hit his shots. I mean, the guy has championship DNA. He's got a ring. So they're not going to get a superstar. I can tell you that they're not. I mean, not with this move. I mean, I think they could trade for somebody. Yeah, maybe it'd um, be a trade. But they're not going to shake up the core. We were just two wins away from winning a championship. So don't expect. I, I'm not expecting Beal. Honestly, I'm not expecting um, any splash this offseason. No, I'm not either. And I just don't see it. But I, I do think that a guy that has a contract of seventeen and a half million dollars or less. Some of them can fit in. It's extremely attainable. There's a lot of those contracts out there that the teams don't really want to pay. Gordon Hayward? No, he makes more than that. But the Celtics have until July 18th to make that move, and it will happen. Yeah, it will. They'll get someone. They'll probably end up getting like two or three guys. Justin says Kevin Herter. I say Harrison Barnes. The, the, the name they're floating around, TJ Warren, it could be one of those three. I honestly could see Miles Turner, too. A lot of people were talking oh, about... I don't want to get him. A lot of people were talking about Kyle Kuzma. What do you think of that? Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. Forget about it. Wouldn't do it. Now, how about if you could get Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura? For who? I don't For know. For nothing? No, not nothing, but something little. Wouldn't do it. Okay. I would do that. All right, we'll see. We'll probably end up getting nothing. Would you trade Grant Williams for Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura? Yes. Yeah, I would as well. <laughs> that's my Kuzma and Hachimura splash. So that could happen. All right, so that's the NBA stuff. A lot of NBA things going on. Free agency technically begins tomorrow, so it'll be a, a big week of moves. And the season's going to be starting before you know it again in October. But let's get to the hockey a little bit. There obviously was a big thing that happened because we have a new Stanley Cup it's champion. The off season. It is the offseason, and usually hockey finishes before basketball, but that wasn't the case this season. So, Jake, um, what, what was your prediction going into this Stanley Cup Finals? Lightning. You had the Lightning in six or seven, I forget. Seven. Seven. I had the Avalanche in seven. Avalanche won in six. Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr, the kid from UMass, ends up being the Finals MVP. I mean, this is a kid that, did you even, was he there in school when you were there? How old yeah. was he? Do you ever remember him? Not really. They weren't talking about him. He's a year older than me. You never met him? Not in person. This kid. I watched him play a lot. This kid's an absolute star. I mean, he's 22, 23 years old. Already, he's, he just won the Defensive Player of the Year award, the Calder. Now he wins the Finals MVP. Now he already has a championship. Yeah, well, like his third year. Yeah, and this guy was just at UMass like two years ago, three years ago. It's amazing what he's done. It's a Colorado Avalanche team that I've actually really liked, and I wanted them to win. Main reason why I didn't want to see Tampa Bay win back-to-back-to-back. I don't know if you're a fan of Tampa Bay, but, I mean, they're lucky they got Brady now anyways. They got the Rays. Very good Stanley Cup Finals. I'm kind of surprised that the Avalanche didn't take care of it at home, but they win Game 6 on the road in Tampa Bay. Obviously, you'd like to win it more in front of your home fans, just like the Golden State Warriors didn't do. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good Finals. Two of the, two of the better teams in the league. Sure. And the Avalanche were a lot of people. I feel like this doesn't happen a lot. The preseason pick won the cup. Avalanche were the team that had the best odds to win it, and they did. Usually it doesn't happen all that often, 
I mean, you know, hockey. A lot of things change. But the Avalanche, from beginning to end, they were they were very good defensively, offensively. Their goaltending was a little subpar heading into the playoffs. But this is a team with with McKinnon and Landskog on offense and McCarr on defense. Top to bottom, they were good, and I I really am very happy that they beat Tampa Bay. Did not want to see them go back to back to back. Did you see any of the finals at all? Nope. Not one second. Nope. I, I probably didn't even see a full game combined, to be honest with you. But I watched bits and pieces of it. Saw the end on my way back to Cleveland, and that was it. So congrats to Colorado. Second time they won, first time since 2001. Yay. That's why Russell Wilson went down there. He's like, you know what? The hockey team's about to win a championship. Start now, and we'll finish him. All right, so that's the story. Congrats to the Avalanche. What do the Bruins have to do to get on their level was my question. Hint. Might take 10 years. No, I, I think... A the, lot. After listening and watching a little bit what this Avalanche did, team did from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, I think the Bruins are on a completely... I don't want to see... They're on a different planet. I don't want to say AHL level because that might be a little mean to my Bostonians out there. But the Bruins are on a completely different planet. Than I mean, they're the a playoff team. Yeah, they're a playoff team, but the core for Colorado is just so much younger than Boston. The Bruins had their chance against St. Louis, against Chicago. This Colorado team is just so much more offensively talented from the first line to the fourth line. And defensively, I mean, we got McAvoy, but we don't have a lot of those other guys that they have on defense. To me, the Bruins are in a tough spot right now, changing head coaches. I, I tell you, I hate rebuilds, but the Bruins are as close to a rebuild right now as I've ever wanted a Boston team to be. And I they think do it. The reason why I don't think it would be a bad idea... in the middle doesn't win you anything. Yeah, and I don't think a Bruins rebuild is going to take that long either because it's hockey. Basketball usually takes a little bit longer. First of all, the Bruins got to find their head coach, which they still don't have yet. They have a lot of time, but get their head coach. I think the Bruins are years, at least between five and seven years away from where Colorado is right now. That's wow. my prediction on that. Wow. You have any timeline? No. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that. Patrice Bergeron is... The rumor is he's coming back right now. I don't, I don't know if he definitely you, is. Have you seen if he's listening? What are you looking for? I heard some noises. Patrice? No. Um, oh, Patrice, how are you? No, that's not him. But, yeah, that's, that's the Bruins news for me. And like Austin Matthews won the MVP very much well-deserved. Another kid that's, like, our age. I think he is our age. I mean, kid's one of the more offensively talented players in the league. You made me think of something. What, Austin Matthews? J.G. Davison was born in 2002. Was he actually? Oh, yeah, he was. Isn't that insane? That's messed up. What, like, my, my dreams are over. I can't. I'm never going to make the league now. I mean, Austin Matthews. They're Math- drafting kids that are five years younger than me. Matthews was probably born in 99 for crying out soft. I mean, come on, look at this. So, yeah, Matthews won the MVP. Kale Wouldn't McCarr. Are going to be crying out quiet? Yeah. Quiet out loud. Um, McCarr won the MVP, and he also won the Calder, so congratulations to him. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He also won the Stanley Cup. I mean, if I did that at my age, That's I could, a triple crown. could retire tomorrow. Yeah, currently offline. Uh-oh. Doesn't see offline of me on here. Video's still going. We're still going. Here we go. All right, so yeah, Kill McCarr. I'll say that again. And then the Vezina trophy, the Vezina trophy, not the Vezina trophy, went to Igor Shostorkin. How do I pronounce, I always pronounce his name? Shostorkin. Igor Shostorkin. Yeah. I think that's how, that's how you pronounce it. So the New York Rangers goalie. Very good goaltender. Unfortunately, just kidding. Fortunately, the New York Rangers season came to a halt. Halt. Um, Who's, who goes there? But, yeah, congrats to him. Probably a top five goalie in the league right now. And, I mean, it's his first major award. I think this guy is going to be a very good goalie for years to come. And probably one of my favorite, favorite names in the league. Say it again. Igor Shostorkin. 
Is that how you pronounce it? It's pretty close. I'll practice all night. Mark Sess, I don't know if he's still listening, but he's the one that always comments. Igor. Jake Aronson said last few superstar acquisitions didn't go well, so I don't mind not grabbing one. There hey. you go. Sometimes you just need a role play. You don't need to shake it up too much. Start shake, shake, shaking. So, yeah, that's the hockey news. Congrats to the Avalanche of Colorado. I bet you they'll be the, the favorites next year because that's what happens. You, you, think the, you think the Warriors are favorites in the NBA? I'd say so, yeah. I feel like that shit happens all the time. Catch that, please. Whoa. Um, all right, let's move to – this will take very quickly. Yeah, hurry up. College baseball – someone coming in? No. I, we just don't need to talk about it. College Baseball World Series, congratulations to Ole Miss. I actually put a bet down that Oklahoma would win it, and they lost in the championship. Ole Miss started the season like 14 and 16, and to win a College World Series starting like that, they had like the worst odds out of the final eight teams left that won the College World Series. That is a very big accomplishment to me. You a big Ole Miss fan? Yeah, huge. Massive. So yeah, congratulations. That's my favorite college baseball team. You know my favorite thing about the College World Series, actually? It's only three games. Yeah, that. But you know what happens when they celebrate? Have you ever seen the dog piles? No. Looks awesome. They literally just jump on top of each other like they're at Coliseum. It's, that's it's your, incredible. That's your dream, right? Yeah. You the, all, the, all the guys jumping on top of you? As long as I'm not at the bottom of it. Yeah, but that's congrats to Ole Miss. Let's get to a couple of baseball items that happen, and then we'll go to our AFC West preview. Anyone there? Hello? All right, so in the MLB, there was another cycle by Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles. You know who Austin Hayes is? Yeah, he's on the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, Austin Hayes is the guy actually signed on the Cape League. Does he play shortstop? No, right, right field or left field. He plays one of the fields. You're thinking of someone else. Who? <laughs> His brother. But Austin Hayes, to me, very, very good player. And we were talking about no-hitters last year. It seems like there's more cycles this year. I think that was already the fourth cycle. Well... They go in cycles. Yeah. That was, that was funny. I'm here all night. Try the veal. But yeah, um, another cycle by Austin Hayes. And the thing with cycles to me, I don't know why. I'd say at least, I don't know the stats on this, at least 80% of the time when a guy hits a cycle, the triple is always the last hit. Have you ever thought about that? I feel like it's because they know they need to get a triple for the cycle, so they're running their ass off. Like, what is this? Can I, I, bet if you can look I it up, ask you a question? If, if it was so simple to, it's say, the hardest one to, get. to say, oh, all I need is a triple and then go out and do it, why wouldn't you just try and hit triples every freaking play? You don't want to get thrown out on stupid situations in the second you know, third. I'm not talking about running for third and you know risking it. I'm talking about hitting the ball so that you have a chance at a triple. If you do that every single time you're a bat, you are the best player in the MLB. I'm telling you, look up the percentage. I guarantee you at least half of the time the triple is the last hit. I don't think it's ever the home run unless Dave McKinnon's at the plate. But yeah, so congrats to Austin Hayes, another cycle. This is my favorite thing I'll probably be talking about on the whole show. Combined no-hitter happened against the New York Yankees. But in the Houston Astros did it, so it's always good to see a combined no-no. Obviously not as impressive as a no-hitter by one guy, but I mean, that's not easy. You know how much pressure? A no-no, no bullpen. A no-no, yeah, but now, nowadays. A no-no-no. A no-no-no. Nowadays, there is a lot of bullpen, unfortunately, and there's a hit. Um, so yeah, that's the story with that. Congratulations to the Houston Astros whole team, I should say. And when it's the Yankees, it's always, it's always an extra joy. I saw it was against the Yankees. I'm like, yes! But that's my take on that. And then baseball brawls are back. Plus one who? Angels and the Mariners. Dave McKinnon was actually on the – I saw him. He came out. He didn't want to get too much into it. But, I mean, it must have been cool. His first week in the league and the biggest brawl in the league this year. Yeah. 
That's what he was hoping for. And I'm not, I don't want to say I'm a fan of brawls, but when there's a brawl, I feel like a baseball brawl is second to none when they're actually throwing punches. Yeah, because there's like 30 guys on the, on the diamond trying to fight. Yeah, the guys are coming from the bullpen. Did you ever see this for these fights? Yeah. It, this was at least like a three-minute brawl. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, there's like no regulation. These guys are just wailing on each other until somebody stops them. Yeah. So this wasn't one of those brawls where the where the referees come from the hockey rink and just whoa. Where the referees just come in because imagine the umpires get in the middle. What are they going to do? Swing their masks? <laughs> but there was about I think there were ten suspensions from the brawl in total. Wow. Like seven of the ten coming from the Angels, not David. So don't have to worry about that. But more playing time for David. Yeah, more playing time, and I'm a proponent of more brawls. I don't want to say oh go out there and fight, but I think there should be at least like a minimum of three brawls a year. I mean, it's 160. I'm say a game. Hey, when the Red Sox and the Yankees used to play, we used to see them all the time. Yeah. And that part of the rivalry, for some reason, does not exist that much anymore. So that's, that's my take on baseball. Quick Red Sox update. Currently, Toronto's up one nothing in the bottom of the second. The Red Sox were hot. I mean, they won seven in a row, and then Toronto's on the verge of sweeping them tonight. So this is a game I thought the Red Sox would win because they weren't going to get swept. Uh-oh. Foul. But um, this is a game that the Red Sox do not want to lose, I can tell you that. No way. We won seven straight, and now you, a pretty big division rival. Now you're facing Kevin Biggio, who his dad was one of the best players in the game. That's Kevon Biggio. Biggio. All right, let's get, to the, um, let's get to the NFL. So I don't believe there were really any NFL items that happened besides the Deshaun Watson news that isn't really news anymore. Because What's that? He's done for the year? They think so, but... I was talking to some guys in Cleveland, by the way. They're like, get ready for Jacoby Brissett. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you get ready for Jacoby Brissett. What's wrong with Baker? Honestly, I don't think he wants to come back. I think he's, he's sick. He's still the t- roster. You think they'd be better with Brissett than Mayfield? Brissett's no. not a bad option. No, they wouldn't. No, I don't. Brissett's not a bad option. He's fine. He's a career backup. I mean, remember what he did with the Patriots. Yeah, Brissett is like a Brian Hoyer. Brissett is like <laughs> Ryan Funny Mallet. Brissett... Is like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Brissett is like a Josh McCown. He is going to travel the league until he cannot be placed as a backup starter anymore. Every team he goes to, he's he's like a curse. The guy in front of him can't play for whatever reason. He becomes the starter. Then he then when that guy comes back and they get a starter, new team. Now he's a starter again. It's ridiculous. That's what he does. It happens every time. I mean, it seems like he's been on five teams in the last four seasons. Pretty close. So, yeah, Jacoby, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd probably say it's going to be Mayfield because I just I don't see him sitting on the bench if he's on the team, like, backing up Brissett, and that's not going to happen. But if he really doesn't want to play, there's probably a team out there that could use Mayfield. I mean, I, Atlanta? Like, I don't... I mean, they're committed to Mariota, apparently, right now, but they've got to be someone else. But let's get to the AFC West, who, in my opinion, is probably the best division overall from top to bottom top in to football. Bottom, sure. The, I mean, simply put... The team that finishes fourth in that division could probably finish first in another. How should we do this? Alphabetical order? With their last name? I guess so. With their last name? Like Chiefs, Raiders? I mean, Sure. So let's start with the Broncos. All right. So, yeah. I mean, if you think about all the divisions in football, we're going to be going over all the teams. And after tonight, we've done almost half. There's no better division in football than the AFC West. I mean, Absolutely not. Definitely not the North. No. The well, a- that's probably the second best. But yeah, the, the North's not bad. Well, the South is pretty bad. Yep. Then the AFC West, we, the AFC East, we missed. Eh. Not that great. NFC East is going downhill a little bit. Yep. NFC North, nothing special. They're okay. NFC South, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, 
say medium-ish. Medium. And the, the what, probably both West are the best. Yep. Which is, gotta live in the West these days. All right, so let's start with the Broncos. A lot of changes in this division in the offseason. I'm excited to find out what you think. And at the end, we can say how you think the, the Oilers are going to finish it. Fantastic kicker. Yeah, seriously. McManus seems like he's been there for like 10 years. Very good kicker. A guy that I had in fantasy like at least three times. Punter Sam Martin, he was there last season. Yep. Let's go to... <coughs> Let's go to the defense. So the defensive line... Obviously, your top player on the defensive line, you have Bradley Chubb, who's a stud, who can also play linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then to fill out the D-line, you get DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, and Draymond Jones. Nothing special on the D-line. But they know how to coach. And yeah, Denver's a team that, even if you don't have the names, they always get the dudes. Mm-hmm. And they, don't, they do know how to coach. They're always a team that's... Denver's never a bad team. I'd say they're more medium than not since Manning's left there, but their defense has been a big reason why. They draft, develop, and coach. Linebackers, might as well say Bradley Chubb's name again. Sure. You get Alex Singleton, the guy, his hair goes down to his ass. Solid. And then you get Josie Jewell. And Randy Gregory. Yeah, that guy's always in trouble. What the hell just happened? Randy Gregory's a good defensive player. Yeah, Gregory, if he stays out of trouble, he can be a very good player. Someone just like, I don't know what happened. He was on top it was? No, he's on first base. Oh. Um, yeah, Gregory's good. Overall, the front seven does nothing to impress me. I feel like they lost someone big. Oh, yeah, Von, Von, Miller. Von Miller, yeah. So, I mean, with the Von Miller void, it definitely looks different without him on this roster. And to me, it's probably the weakest spot. We haven't looked at the whole team yet, but the D-line and linebackers are probably the weakest unit. Getting to the secondary, your safeties are Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Nice. Justin Simmons from BC, absolute star. Kareem Jackson, another veteran presence that's very good. Yep. Safeties, Ronald Darby, seems like he's been around that's forever. I mean, corner, Ronald Darby is very Patrick good. Patrick Sertan, who I love. Great player. So your, your freaking secondary is built to win now. Your linebackers, I mean, you have a star in Bradley Chubb. Draymond Jones is, to me, a little bit underrated. It's not a bad defense. It's not one of the best in the league. I think it's fine. Could be a great secondary, though. Sure. Let's get to the offense. Offensive line, I mean, it's a bet. any offensive line is going to be better than what Seattle had for hmm. Russell Wilson. Your tackles are Billy Turner and Garrett Bowles. Your guards are Graham Glasnow and Dalton Risner, and your center is Lloyd Cushingberry, the guy they drafted from LSU. It's not a great offensive line. It's not a bad one either. Eh, totally average. I believe Graham Glasnow is probably their best offensive line player on that line, but I'm not a, too much of an offensive line expert. Uh-huh. But the question is, how much of a difference will Russell Wilson make? Is that, a, is that really a question? I mean, I mean, Denver wasn't bad last Drulak year. sucks balls. And Russell Wilson throws balls. Don't so, forget, Seattle wasn't great last year, even though Russell Wilson was hurt. He missed a lot of time. He missed, like, yeah, he missed five and games. And I think he probably had one foot out the door. Like, I, I think that with a talented receiving core, solid running backs, an okay offensive line, it's better than he had in Seattle, Russell Wilson will be playing Russell Wilson's football. And then the running backs that he, the running backs that he has, oh, my God. The running backs that he has in Denver compared to Seattle, I mean, Javante Williams, I think, is a very good player. A lot of potential. In players. his second season, he's listed as the running back one ahead of Melvin Gordon now. But they have both. That's, that's two talented guys. And having Melvin Gordon along in that backfield is absolutely huge for that team. And then let's get to the guys that Russell Wilson's throwing the ball to. So your, your wide receivers from top to bottom, you have Cortland Sutton. You got Jerry Judy. You yep. got Tim Patrick. 
KJ Hamler, Kendall Hinton, and your tight end is Albert Ogan Wooga Booga Boonen. They he, they had him last year when Noah Fan was hurt. Alec Oka Booga Booga Bookin. Albert Oga Wooga Booga Boogum. Okay. Albert Okuga Booga Boogum. So overall, I mean Jerry Judy's probably the most talented of these wide receivers here. But I think it's a little bit of a downgrade from what he had in Seattle, if you ask me. Because um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to match those receivers. And the thing to me is you got, you got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. There's a lot more youth here than he had in Seattle. Mm-hmm. With, and with Tim Patrick here, it gives him a very good third option. I just don't see, I don't see any splash wide receivers there. No, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of mouths. And the, the tight end's not great either. No, they had to get rid of uh, Noah Fan in Noah that trade. Fan. So now you get the Noah Fan's backup. Overall, when you draft Russ, when you acquire Russell Wilson, it's a very, very, very big acquisition. Mm-hmm. So either way, Denver will they struggle? Well, you'll find out who the other three teams are. Yes, they will. Is the answer. So moving on in alphabetical order, A, B, C. <laughs> we actually the Chargers. We actually almost messed that up because it was so close. The Chargers yeah. are next, then the Chiefs, then the Raiders. Char- I'm, not, I'm not saying anything, but I think the Chargers have overall the best depth chart in all of football. I would have to agree with you. I don't see a single hole in their entire team. This team is loaded. Top kick bottom. Kicker, Dustin Hopkins. Good. Was he there last year? I feel no. like they had a different kicker. Um, punters, J.K. Scott. I mean, he's not bad. The one hole in their team. Yeah. Defensive line, on one end, Jackie Bradley. Oh, my God. All right. Um, on one side, you got Joey Bosa. He sucks. On the other side, you get Jerry Tillery. Trash. Very good. And then in the middle, you get Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. Great defensive line. Joey Bosa's a star. Jerry Tillery ain't too bad either. And then your linebackers. Drew Tranquil is probably the worst of them all, and he's pretty good. Yeah. Kenneth Murray Jr., selection from Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah. Khalil Mack, you had in the offseason. Yeah. You had Khalil Mack in the offseason, and he could play D-line. Mm-hmm. And you know who else they added in the offseason? Kyle Van Noy. What was that? Like, I'm a drug addict? Yeah. Kyle Van Noy. Very, another very good acquisition. So you're telling me this team acquired Mack and Van Noy and you got Bosa, Kenneth Murray. That front seven. They're lethal. Absolutely lethal. And we haven't even got to the secondary. Safeties, Derwin James Jr. A lot, of people, a lot of people say he's one of the best safeties in the league. Yep. Nazir Adderley, not too bad either. Uh, that should be a tie game. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a tie game. Um, and then your quarterbacks are Asante Samuel Jr. Nice. You know who else they added at their other cornerback? No. J.C. Jackson. I did know that. From the Patriots. So, I mean, this team has potentially five Pro Bowlers on defense. Yeah. J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Asante Samuel. Yeah, probably four. Kenneth Murray. I mean, they're loaded on defense. Yeah. And we haven't even got to the offense. Um, offensive line, Storm Norton. I mean, of course. No, Rayshon Slater at one tackle, actually a very good tackler and offensive tackler. Matt Feller, Zion Johnson, drafted in the first round from Boston College. Corey Lindsley, the guy that was in Green Bay. Yep. Justin Herbert shouldn't have that much to worry about. No, absolutely not. He's got, he's got plenty of potential. And we'll get to the running back real quickly. Austin Eckler's back. I was trying to remember who they lost from last year. 
Josh Kelly, they lost um, the other guy, Justin, Justin Jackson. Jackson. So, and they drafted Isaiah Spiller. So, I mean, your running back depth chart, you think it's that much of a concern? I mean, no, I, I think No, Eckler's I don't at good. all. I think Eckler is extremely talented. I think Kelly is a, is a fine guy to, you know, change of pace, run the ball a little more. I think Eckler's going to be involved in the pass game a lot. Um, but I, I don't think you need much more talent there. I think that it's a talented room. Eckler needs to stay healthy, in my opinion. He's a guy that really has he to can. stay too healthy. The main question to me is, I don't think it's a hole, but the wide receiver depth is a little thin, in my opinion. Cry, that's, cry about it. That's the one thing that's holding this Chargers team back, but they can't spend any more money. They got Mike Williams, who I think is going to be their best wide receiver this season. Really? Keenan Allen, obviously, you, you know how his career is unfolded. Fantastic. And then besides that, you got, I mean, Josh Palmer is their wide receiver three. You got DeAndre Carter. Jalen Guyton's not bad. He's okay. And then your tight end, last year they had, I mean, who they have, Hunter Henry was two years ago. I forget who they had last year. Your tight end number one is Gerald Everett. Yep. From, from the, from, from Seattle. Yeah, Seattle on the Rams. Do, Donald Parham is back. Who this, did they have last year? They had to have someone. It was, I don't remember, but. Antonio Gates. Yeah, overall, this Chargers team doesn't have that much to worry about, but. If one of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen does get hurt for a significant amount of time, Trouble. I'd be a little concerned about the depth that they have behind those guys. Sure. Overall, that depth chart is a lot better than the Broncos. Yeah. Are, are you good at alphabetical order? Yeah, Chiefs. Nice. So let's get to the Kansas City Chiefs. A little bit of a different look. Oh, not on special teams. McCole Hardman. Harrison Bucker. Harrison Bucker. Tommy Townsend. They'll be there forever. Great special teams unit. Defensive line, I don't think anything's really changed here. You still got Frank Clark and Chris Jones. George Carliftis was the guy they drafted from Purdue. And you get Derek Nadi as well. That defensive line is very good. I mean, Chris Jones and it's, Frank it's Clark. It's pretty solid. For a team that's pretty offensively focused, they have a good defensive line. We've seen it with our own four eyes. I mean, My four eyes? <laughs> Jones and Clark are very good. The linebacker core, in years past, it's been a little thin. With Nick Bolton and Willie Gay going through their youth movement right now, I'd say it's not too bad. They got Shalik Calhoun from the Patriots and Jermaine Carter. Linebackers, to me, are a little weak here. But, I mean, it's basically the same linebacker core that we've seen in years past, and you know what Kansas City does. Ignore it. And <laughs> play well anyway. So I think the linebackers are on the thin side. The defensive line should be fine. What do you think about the secondary? I like the secondary. I, I really do. I think that McDuffie was one of the better draft selections overall. Um, he, I think he adds to a, a team that needed a corner. Yeah, I mean, last year they had Rashad Fenton. They had Legereus Sneed. But they've never really had that number one cornerback. I mean, back in the day they did a little bit. But these last four or five seasons. Maybe it'll be McDuffie. Maybe it'll be McDuffie is right. And you're looking at the safeties with Juan Thornhill. First round pick. Yeah, he, he should be good. The safeties with Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. I don't think there's too much to worry about there. Justin Reed came from a, a bad Texans team where he was pretty good. Yep. Should be better in a Kansas City system. And then Juan Thornhill, he's been around the league for a while. I don't think the defense is great, and it doesn't need to be great with the offense that this team has, but they're missing someone on offense. Offensive line, Andrew Wiley, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Orlando Brown Jr. They know how to protect Mahomes. I mean, we saw it two years ago without what happened in the Super Bowl, and they got Joe Tooney last year. Yeah, they, they adjust. They adjust. <clears throat> they adjusted. Excuse me. They adjusted on the fly. They did what they needed to do to make sure that what happened in the Super Bowl did not happen again. Yeah, they should be, they should be more than fine there on that line. I mean, Joe Tooney was a massive addition, really was. 
Quarterback depth chart, still the same with Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney. The, run, the running back room is a little different. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still the guy. Yep. McKinnon was there last year, but now you got Ronald Jones. Does that really change anything for you? I mean, who did they lose? They lost Le'Veon Bell? No, they lost someone else. They did lose Le'Veon. They had Shady, too. Yeah, and they had Derek Gore. I think he's still there. But, I mean, you had Ronald Jones, and this is a guy that goes from one Super Bowl contender to the next. I think it's a very good move, especially with Clyde, does anything. with Clyde Edwards and Hilaire, a little bit of his injury history. Ronald Jones is a guy that could be the number one running back in the system if something happens. I just don't like him. They probably signed him pretty cheap. Six million, I think. McKinnon's not bad, but he's always hurt too. Jarek is a good player. Clyde Edwards good, but I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, neither am I. He's like a little bowling ball. And let's get to the most important piece besides from quarterback. How, how big of a loss will Tyree Kill be to this team? Looking at the wide receiver, receiver depth chart that they have right now. Can I put it lightly? Yeah. Huge. It, Huge. It's going to be extremely Huge. weird watching football week one and not seeing it's Tyree just, Kill in the Chiefs. It's, it's not so much that he and, you know, Mahomes needs a receiver like that to make something happen. He, he doesn't. But... I think Tyree Kill's ability to work after the play is is unmatched. Yeah, you can't like, match it in when, when Mahomes think think about this, something that happens four or five times a game, especially in crunch time. Mahomes has to extend the play. He's he's running around, he's scrambling, he's looking for an option. He more often than not is looking for Tyree Kill. Not Juju Smith. Where will, where will he be looking now? Because Tyree Kill is the one that picks up on it, starts to scramble, and gets himself open so that Mahomes has an option. Until that chemistry is developed with another player, and hopefully it's a player that has the ability to make something happen like yeah, Tyree Kill tough. did, Mahomes is losing a whole aspect of his game by, by losing Tyree Kill. I'm surprised that they let him go. Yeah, I am too. They did get a haul in return for him. You still have Travis Kelsey at tight end, which is the best tight end in football. Yep. Still got McCole Hardman, who's good, but he, he doesn't really impress me. I feel like not, he always should be better. You, got, you still got, you still they got nothing. Juju. They added Juju. They added Josh Gordon. They already have. They added Juju, and they also added Marquise Valdez-Scantling. That's just trying to make the loss of Tyreek Hill like, seem a little less. I guess. I mean, they, they have a slot guy in Juju. They have a gadget player in Scantling. I mean, not Scantling, um, Hardman. And they have a deep threat in Scanling, but he's not like a route runner. He just goes straight and hopes that he beats the guy in front of him. Going to be very interesting to see one of the better quarterbacks in football without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Because I'm not a huge... Let's see if he still is the best I'm not a huge Juju Smith fan, but if you remember back in the Brady days, I mean, if Brady had this wide receiver and tight end depth chart, it'd be unbelievable compared to some of the years where Brady had. So this is... We'll see if Mahomes can do it. We'll see what Mahomes looks like without Tyreek Hill. Obviously, this should be still a playoff team. But Juju Smith has a lot, a lot of void to fill. I mean, I don't think Juju Smith can be that number one guy. I really no, don't. No, it's, it's not in his nature. He's a, he's a slot receiver. And to me, Valdez Scantling. He'll make good, like, seven, eight-yard plays to, to convert and move the chains. But he's not going to be a game changer. He's not going to be a red zone threat. Oh, yeah, no way. He is. And Valdez Scantling really is in the same situation as he was in Green Bay. I mean, he was, what, the second or third guy there anyways? Yep. He's not a bad player. No. He's a guy that actually is a deep threat, if you think about it. He goes pretty yeah. deep on some of those routes. All right, last part of the show, I should say the last team of the show, is the team that... Raiders. Yeah. Talking about wide receiver acquisitions in the offseason, my goodness. All right, so the kicker, punter, 
Punt returner, so kick returner. Carlson. Long snap. Carlson's very good, actually. I like him a lot. Punter is AJ Cole, and the kick returner, punt returner is Hunter Renfro and Kenyon Drake. Not a bad combination. All right, D line. Damn, this team's actually really good too. Defensive line, you get Max Crosby, who's a star. Was wasn't supposed to be as good as he is, but very good guy on tab on the left end. And you know who on the, you got on the right end now? Chandler Jones. Very good acquisition. Whoa. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. So you have Max Crosby on one side, Chandler Jones on the other side, and we're not even talking about the middle with Jonathan Hankins, Belial Nicholas, Vernon Butler. I mean, Chandler Jones. I feel like he shouldn't have it anymore, but he still got it. Yeah, I mean, seems like he's so old. The, I mean, I think that. He is, he is a little older. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but what's happened is he's had some time off between. I mean, I, I feel like he's taken a back seat a couple of years. I feel like he's been injured and had some time out. Playing basketball? I think, I think for his age, he's actually pretty well rested. Oh, yeah, and I mean, he goes to a situation. He's not going to even have to be the best player at times because this, this defensive line is so loaded. Yeah. You look at the linebackers. You with Denzel Perryman, a guy that's a very good linebacker. You added Jayon Brown, Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young. The depth on this team is unbelievable, especially – I wouldn't say they get as much star talent as the Chargers have. I mean, obviously not. Who does? But Perryman's good. Chandler Jones is good. Max Crosby's a star. And then your secondary is not that bad either. It's extremely young. But they've drafted very, very good in these last couple of drafts. Your safety is Jonathan Abram, mm-hmm. very good on one side. Trayvon Mulrig on another side. Deron Harmon, giving him a veteran presence in the secondary. I was, oh, jeez. I was actually a huge Deron Harmon fan when he was with the Patriots. And then your cornerbacks, it's a little concerning. I mean, Rocky Sin. Rocky Sin. <laughs> Sounds like ha-ha Clinton this. And then you got Trayvon Mullen Jr., the guy from Clemson. Extremely, extremely, extremely young secondary. That's okay. I mean, I'm talking extremely young. Average okay. age, probably 23 and a half. The right coach will make it work. So I'm a little concerned about the defense. Something's happening. The is about to get tossed. Oh, my God. We, I didn't see what happened. Guerrero. The, be- the bench is just clear. Maybe Guerrero should lose some weight. Perfect time for this to happen. We're just talking about more brawls on the show. I mean, mm-hmm. Pavetta's pissed. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what happened. I think Pavetta thought it was a foul ball, but the umpire said that. Oh my god, the bench is actually cleared. All right, we'll have to interrupt quickly. Pavetta, I'm pretty sure I saw it at the corner of my eye. They have to hold Guerrero back right now. All right, bottom of the third, it's one to one. Pavetta hit Guerrero. The umpire said that he hit him, but it looked like to me that it actually hit the bat. Like, it should have been a foul ball. I, I gotta see the replay. Pavetta's pissed, but I didn't, I didn't see the end. Guerrero must have charged the mound or something. From my angle... From it, your angle? It looks like... It looks like it was a foul ball. What the hell is he doing? Pavetta's pissed. I've never seen him get... Riled. Pavetta's a guy that gets riled up, but... For those of you not watching the Red Sox game, turn on your TVs. That was nuts. I will have to see the replay in a second. They'll probably show it. That guy's huge. Um, so, yeah, Rocky Asin and the rest of the secondary is extremely young to me. Could be a little bit of a concern for the Raiders' defense. Yeah, I mean, maybe at the beginning of the year they might drop some games they shouldn't have, some blown coverages. But I think as the, se- as the season goes on, a team with, you know, a lot of talent, they Here can probably persevere. Oh, that hit him easily on the elbow. So he hit Alejandro Kirk on the elbow. And then... Pavetta looked upset. 
He said, he said shut the F up to the Blue Jays guy. The Blue Jays guy was mad that he got hit, basically. Damn. Nothing like a Red Sox-Blue Jays rivalry for the rest of the season. Yeah, Look great. Get- Fantastic. Damn. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you. I, I just talked about it. You got to see some more brawls, but... Uh, they, didn't, they didn't even do anything. They just squawked. Yeah, no one's going to get suspended for that. Pavetta was pissed, though. All right, so let's get to the offense for the Raiders. Offensive line, Colton Miller, Andre James, Denzel Good. Oh, my God. This offensive line's kind of brutal on the inside. Jermaine Illuminar is one of your starting right guards. He was horrible on the Patriots. And then Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> Jermaine Illuminar sucks. Yeah. Um, he, he reminds me of Isaiah Luz. Yeah. Um, you, your tackles are pretty good with Colton Miller and Alex Leatherwood, but if Jermaine Illuminar is a starting guard in the NFL, if I'm Derek Carr, I'd go to the left side. Um, yeah, that's not good news for the Raiders. Maybe yeah, especially the, when you have to block Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Yeah, that's going to be scary. Jermaine Illuminar is going to get destroyed this year. He's probably not going to make it through week one. Um, Derek Carr, quarterback. I think he's like, is he the longest tenured quarterback in the league right now? He might be. No, yeah, Rodgers is. I think it was Roethlisberger, Rodgers, and um, because Matt Ryan was up there, Roethlisberger was up there. was up there. I think Derek Carr might be like the second longest tenured quarterback with one team in the league right now. If you keep talking, I'll think about it and I'll let you know. Which is kind of crazy because if I had to guess, I'd say Carr's like 33. He's 31. Hold on. He's Hold only... on. I'm thinking. So that's the question. Is Carr the second longest tenured quarterback in the league? I think he has to be. Um... Roethlisberger's gone. Ryan's gone. He's been around longer than Dak. I think he has. Okay. Well, this is what Derek Carr's. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is going to be his ninth season with the Raiders. Okay. I'd say yes, longer than Dak. But okay. We'll look after the show and let you know that next week. So Dak's the quarterback behind that scary-looking offensive line. Derek Carr. And then yeah, Derek Carr. And then you got Jared Stidham there now, which is kind of a weird spot for him. And Nick Mullins. Running back situation, you like it? I mean, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? It's fine. It's, it's just fine. I don't think it's anything spectacular. I've always thought Jacobs is a bit of an overrated player. But Drake as a second option sort of alleviates some of that. I think he's a great backup. And that, now you also have a third guy in Brandon Bolden. Fantastic. That's a special teamer. Good special teams guy. Derek Carr is going to be throwing to the same guys as last year, except... One more. They got Devontae Adams. They added the best receiver in football. And that is absolutely Challenge insane. Challenge me on that. He's the best receiver in football. Yeah, I think, I think overall he has to be. You got Hunter Renfro now who had a great season last year. Yep. Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro is probably like the second the, – or like the best second option receiver in the NFL. You know who else they had in the offseason? Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs, who's not horrible. I mean – Speed guy. So you got those three. You Anything got, is good when you take it from a division, uh, division rival. And then you also have Darren Waller as your starting tight end. I mean, one of the best in the league. Great, great combination. Yep. I'm excited to see if Hunter Renfro, what, what's he going to be like being that kind of forgotten I think, guy? I think he's going to get open. He'll get open with Waller and Devontae Adams, no question about it. But, I mean, Devontae Adams, you think he's going to be better than he was in Green Bay? No. I mean, because he has Aaron Rodgers, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was pretty close. Sure. I think Carr is a very good player. Um, I think that the offense is absolutely going to be focused on getting Adams the ball. Um, I just am waiting for the rapport. Like, it, it took years for Rodgers and Adams to have that connection where Rodgers will throw the ball Adams' way even when he's not looking, and all Adams has to do is turn and close his eyes and put his hands yeah. out, and he knows yeah. the ball is going to hit right there. Um, so he'll get that with Carr eventually. It's, you know, there, there'll be some... 
feel out at first, but the, it'll be a fine combo. It's a good. It's a very good quarterback receiver combo. Pavetta just walked off the mound thinking it was strike three, and the ref called the ball four. So um, let me yeah, ask you one to four. I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna ask you one to four. I think I got it. Who's number four? Or four to one, I should say. Yeah. Do you know who? Do you have yours? Yes. I didn't write it down, but I, I got it. So for me, number four is the easiest of all. Denver? The Denver Broncos. Yeah, I get Denver at four. Okay. And we'll talk more about this in our NFL season preview with all sure. the divisions. Sure. But yeah, Den- Denver for four. me, surprisingly, is the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, they're the third best team on paper in this division. Might they, be different on paper. They might have the best quarterback in football, potentially. I'm doing an order of what I think they're going to finish. So Denver finishes sure. fourth. I'm gonna do it, I'll do it that way, too. I Chiefs think, are still third. I think Vegas finishes third. I have Vegas second. Vegas third, Kansas City second. Chargers are And the Chargers win the division. Okay. Very interesting having Kansas City I really, third. I think the Chiefs are, are kind of in trouble. Has Kansas City ever finished second with Mahomes? Nope. Whoa. Um, yeah, so it should be very interesting. I, even with Russell Wilson, I mean, I think they're ways away from those top three. And maybe I would have said the Raiders second, but I think I'm a little. There's there's a little bit of holes that I just realized with that depth chart. The Chiefs have so many holes. You're just ignoring them because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he could get him to finish second. That's not how it goes, man. But I don't know. I'm a little concerned with a little bit of that defense in Vegas. But I mean, they could. They'd probably be them. They would be. Eh, I don't know if they're better than Buffalo, but they'd be close in the AFC East. The Chargers. Yeah. No, the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. Like if the Raiders are the AFC East, It'd be very interesting. They're not better than Buffalo. Probably not. But it will be an interesting season. That's the AFC West. I wrote down today the teams we went over. I think we're at 12, Houston, Detroit, Atlanta, Indy, Jacksonville, Seattle, the Jets. The, we didn't do Buffalo last week, did we? I said we were going to, but we never did. Um, Jets, Giants, with Chris Romero. I don't think yeah, we only did two. Jets, Giants, Kansas City, Denver, Vegas, Chargers. We finished 12 of the 32. Did we do the Rams or no? No. Nah. We okay. get 20 left. Jake will pick them next week. All okay. right. Thank you for joining us from Teamworks in Canton, Massachusetts. Red Sox game is currently one to one as Pavetta strikes out somebody with the bases loaded and he is pissed and pumped at the same Teamwork time. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, better make the Red Sox dream work. Mass, baby. Makes the brawls work. All right, we'll, we'll see you back next week for the year of my 97 date of birth. Yep. 1997. All right, we'll be back. See you later. Bye bye.